Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this bonus episode of Film Tank, we discuss the films and also other properties that make up Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights 2018. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody. Welcome in to a bonus episode of Film Tank. Haven't done one of these in a hot minute. I am Alex Diekman, and along with me today is Kenny Marcellus. Hey. Hi. I'm back. I know, you were just here, and you're back again. This is, is a very special occasion. Fucking up the whole program. I come in, and it's your first bonus episode in how long? Uh, three years? <laughs> Something like uh, that? Two, two, two and a half years. Two and a half years. I can tell you right now, our last bonus episode took place April 26, 2016. So we actually probably recorded in December of the previous year? Probably. No, this is back when I think we were at least a month out or so. Oh, Okay. Uh, and it was a very random bonus episode on Ghost in the Shell, the controversy. Oh! With a very wonderful picture made by Alex. Oh, well, I mean, when in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ironically, for some <laughs> weird reason, one of our bonus episodes was just Deadpool. Oh, okay. I don't know why. That was that. a bonus episode? Yeah. yeah. That's weird. just seems like a random, like, the sequel with a regular episode, but yeah. I wonder if we just, you know, we're, we were on scheduling. A we were on a different plan back then. Well, and I think we were, like, our output was like, oh, we'll do this and that, and mm-hmm. then, which, I mean, it's largely the same, but Speaking a little of more lax. different plans, mm-hmm. I think the show's going to be a different plan, because I'm a pain in the ass, and that's why it's a bonus episode, and going to be very different. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. I mean, this... Uh, episode. By the way, that's Nick Cheney, by the way, who hey. has just been speaking for the last two minutes. Uh, this bonus episode was dreamed up <laughs> by Kenny. Uh, but wow. the first dream he had was getting myself to go with him to Halloween Horror Nights, which he's been cracking at me for the last like three years to try to go. And since I, for the most part, don't care for haunted houses and other Halloween-type things, I've given him a firm no every other time. And for whatever... Kenny, no means no. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Tell that to the people, other people who attend Halloween Horror Nights, as that event is just on its way towards somebody getting sued at some point. You know, I will say, as someone who does not like haunted anything, like, I'll see horror movies, but, like, all this shit I'm not into, but I'm very excited to hear about the properties. I just think about all these significant others that get dragged to places like these, uh, basically against their will. Yeah. I'm curious what you mean by the on its way to somebody getting sued. Oh, um, all of the assault that happens from the the, uh, patrons just completely uh, crossing the line with the actors. No, those lawsuits are a regular. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's a. I guess I mean one that makes a dent. (laughs) 
and oh, changes yeah. the program. They fucking print money with that event. Nothing's going to make a dent. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Ability slush fun going on. <laughs> so, anyways, the idea for the episode and to myself going to Halloween Horror Nights was was obviously Kenny's, as as this is one of his favorite times of the year, and also one of his favorite things to do: going to Universal Studios Orlando and going to Halloween Horror Nights. So. He cracked the code somehow. Uh, I went, myself, my wife Emily, Kenny, and his wife Jenny all went to Orlando really for just a weekend, although you guys stayed until Monday. Mm-hmm. But it was a very long day and a half uh, for myself and Emily. But that being said, we made it to Universal Studios and went to Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, I don't know everything that we're going to talk about on this episode regarding the evening, but one of the things we are definitely going to mention are the major properties that were at the event this year, uh, most notably Stranger Things, and in addition, Poltergeist, Trick or Treat, Halloween 4, the return of Mike Myers, um, and then a couple other people were sprinkled in yeah, uh, scare zones, including Chucky, uh, which was a bit of a disappointment. So, uh, for any listeners that are just kind of jumping on this and may not have an idea of really what Halloween Horror Nights is or exactly how it operates. Kenny, do you want to give like a brief overview of exactly what it is and sure. kind of the magnitude of what it's become over the last decade or so? Sure. Um, so Halloween Horror Nights is in its 28th year this year. Um, it's It's been an event basically since Universal Studios opened in Orlando and it's it's grown progressively larger as time's gone on. Um, it really kind of was its own just regular Halloween event with mm-hmm. just haunted houses for largely the most part of its history up until about... I mean, it, it had gotten bigger and bigger. It had grown over the years, as a lot of events do. And especially at Universal Studios, it's become a very major resort. But it wasn't really until about seven or eight years, I want to say 2012, maybe 13, when they brought The Walking Dead in as a as a property. And the event really um, was put on the map and really just kind of exploded in popularity at that point. And then other notable um, intellectual properties that they brought in over the last couple of years, American Horror Story was a really big one um, for a couple of years. And then this year... Really, it's just kind of gone astronomically, like out of this fucking atmosphere with Stranger Things. It's really been a been a thing. But um, well, they stopped allowing people in the park, which Universal are pretty much whores. So the yeah. fact that they started yeah. so saying a firm, you can't, we're sold, sold out, out, can't come in, sold out oh. for the first time yeah. that I know of this past weekend, two of the which, nights, which I didn't. I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't even know they had a level that could be sold out. Oh, yeah. if you saw pictures from oh the no park i that mean night. It's, i uh, literally I, was at capacity <laughs> like it nobody... felt super crowded when we went oh and, and that, that was nothing that was not bad yeah no. so um, but to to answer your question a little bit more thoroughly it's um they they it's universal studios so um they they closed the park down to the to the regular public at about i think it's five o'clock yeah. it's a it's a hard ticket event and so they sweep the park out um, all the daytime guests have to leave unless you have the ticket for the nighttime. You can stay in, in these couple designated areas. And then they open the park back up at 630, and um, a handful of the attractions are, are still open. But the main draw is the 
the uh, haunted houses. Um, this year, there's there's ten of them, which is quite a few. It's more than they've ever had. It's been nine for a long time. Uh, but this year, they're up to ten haunted houses. They've got five scare zones, which are just sort of areas on the on the walkway, like the midway of the park, that you you sort of walk through to get to you know each haunted house or each attraction. Um, so there's five of those, um, and then they've just got shows here and there sprinkled throughout the park. One, like one main like dance kind of show mm-hmm. um in in one of the in the fear factor stadium but um it's just a a gigantic uh halloween overlay of the park which is really interesting because as you saw when we were there during the day during regular hours of the park like the park is normal it's its own uh, yeah i mean there was there's a couple of props here and yeah. there and a couple decorations but by and large when the event starts um they take a lot of tarps off things they take tarps off but they they, they sort of roll stuff out during mm-hmm. that time when they're sweeping the park out but all these haunted houses are back in like the backstage areas that you don't go to as a normal daytime guest and um it's just really interesting how the park seems to turn into this entirely different atmosphere for the event and um They've had different numbers over the years, but the way they sort of do the houses and and what's prompted this episode tonight, they have some of the haunted houses are just original stories that they come up with, their creative team. Um, But then some of the other houses are these properties. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of what makes Halloween Horror Night stand out from just going to your average Halloween haunted house. Yeah, I mean, we went to Great America, and they like had a Hellfest haunted oh, house, and that was like a get for them. Sure, <laughs> sure. But uh, you know, it's what makes Universal fun for for film junkies is going and experiencing the movie mm-hmm. uh, in a ride. And so, what they do with these haunted houses, and they do a very, very good job of it because they put a lot of money and a lot of time and creative effort into it, is they create a haunted house based around these properties that they go out and get. And some of them that they secure are, are big-time properties. They're hot properties. Uh, they're also not afraid to dig back into the past, which has been a fun thing over the years that I've gone. They they love their classic horror films, and we'll get into some of that as we go on. But um, that's sort of, in a nutshell, that's Halloween Horror Nights. It's just yeah. kind of a, a mix, a fun mix of, of movies you know and properties that you're, you're familiar with and then just regular good old haunted houses that they come up with. Yeah. So, um, just kind of an overall thing. What what really makes you like Halloween Horror Nights so much? As you are definitely what I would consider a fanboy of Halloween oh, Horror yeah, Nights, for and, sure, and just Universal <laughs> Orlando in general. Sure, uh, but every year it is on the map for you to go at least once. Potentially multiple times, yeah, uh, and it's going like, twice this year, right? Yeah. And it's like not up for debate. You're going. So, so what is it that? this event does that drives you to always want to be going back every single year um that's interesting because i i love i'm pretty much just by and large a, a thrill seeker and so that's why i do go to a lot of amusement parks and, and and stuff like that but what makes universal studios separate and why i love the park with or without halloween horror nights I love because I'm so into movies as well. It's it's such a unique. I mean, Disney's got an element of it, but Disney when you go to Disney World or Disneyland, like you're seeing these stories that are told by Disney and it's it's not you're not necessarily experiencing the film. Universal's thing has always been ride the movies. And so uh, th- what I love about Universal is just that. It's sort of that mix of 
thrills with these movies that I love and these properties that I love. And same sort of goes for Halloween. As much as I love Halloween, as much as I love horror movies, there's there's just something different about Halloween Horror Nights. I, I go to a lot of local haunted houses. I love just my general horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the time, admittedly, those are better haunted attractions. They're better. They're scarier. They're sometimes more creative. But there's just something about Universal and getting to experience... Not not just experience a movie that I'm already a fan of, but they just do such a good job of it. As you just sort of mentioned, we we went and saw Hellfest, and then we went to Six Flags, who was featuring Hellfest, Hellfest in one of their houses, and it just wasn't good. You know, it was sort of like some of the scenes were recognizable, the character from the the film was there, but it's like it's just not executed well. They had one really good scene, the scene with all of the. Uh... The blank faces sure. in the room. That was sure. actually really well done. But other than that, I mean, when you can only really remember one scene from a haunted house, that's not good. Sure. <laughs> Whereas, opposed to going to Halloween Horror Nights, Poltergeist was fucking incredible. They put you in that movie. And not only did they put you in the movie, but the way that they go about telling the story and sort of giving it their own flair. They can recreate scenes perfectly. They really can. But they don't just stop at that. They they will go beyond just recreating a scene and putting you in a scene you've seen in the movie, and they, they tell the story creatively. Sometimes they add their own flair, something that maybe wasn't in the movie, but something that needs to be there as an element of storytelling in a haunted house. And they just do such a good job of executing that mix. Mm-hmm. That's what tends to keep me coming back to Horror Nights. Yeah. So, can uh, I ask a very random question? Please. Ask On me. average, what is like the size of how many people get to go in at a time? It's continuous. So you just keep it's a, going. Okay. It's a I didn't know if, steady line of okay. people, yeah. I didn't know if they were if they were like four There are four. so many people that okay. you it would be a 6-hour line. Figured, if you so sure. so it is like you're just going through a queue basically much, through yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. And without getting into the nuts and bolts of of haunted houses really because I know this is more or less to talk about the movies that we were going to discuss, yeah. but um when I say a lot of the other events that I go to are are they tend to be better is because Halloween Horror Nights' popularity has grown so large. The crowds are so fucking massive that the only way to keep capacity moving through these houses is to keep that steady, what they sort of call a conga line of people. Whereas when you go to some of these smaller events, they can isolate you a little better. They can send you through in small groups that can pulse the line instead of just a constant. And so you get into these these scenes in these haunted houses, and they can really hone in on you and scare the shit out of you. And Horror Nights... It's not that scary because of that. Like, you definitely have moments where they'll startle you, but it's not as scary because you can't get that one-on-one attention. But it's just something about the way that they put you in those movies. It's just, it's fantastic. Well, speaking of that, so let's just start with the big one, I guess, as we did when we were there, um, which was Stranger Things. Sure. Um, You know, myself and Emily were looking forward to this because we had never seen any of the Stranger Things seasons prior to this year, and once we figured out we were going and that this uh, haunted house was only going to be based on the first season, we watched the first season. It did not partake in the second. Uh, we watched it with you and your wife, Kenny. Binged it. I know, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Um, so, 
first things first, we we got to the haunted house and waited in this stupid line for it as it wasn't actually open when the <laughs> park opened, which, uh, I mean, that's just poor operations for sure. a large event like this. But, you know, that's fine. Just going to put that out there. Especially for your marquee. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Which is right in front of the park. I mean, come on now. Uh, at any rate, so first Halloween Horror Nights experience, uh, and um, it was, at least for me, not a scary haunted house in the slightest, but if it were just an attraction at Universal Studio, it would be rated better than almost everything they've done in the last five oh, years, man. other than Potter. I'm, I'm glad you say that. And <laughs> uh, again, not to go down this route too far, but um, these haunted houses at Horror Nights, I don't, I, I've told you this in the past, I almost mm-hmm. don't even consider them haunted houses. These are temporary attractions that they put up they work on nine months out of the year and they're open for a month and a half and it's amazing to me that that will after halloween will be removed and never seen again these are brilliant attractions that would stand the test of time for years if they left it up and it's just incredible and the fact that um you know, we we sort of love the rides that are some of the more old school rides with live actors in them and stuff. And these these haunted houses are just based full around of, that. Yeah. Sure, and it's incredible. So I'm I'm really glad that you you like that element of it. Oh yeah. So, I mean the the Stranger Things house is probably the least scary house that they have, and it really is, at least in my opinion, just going through and seeing different scenes that happened throughout the first season. Um, some better done than others, but. It was just fun to go through. Um, I love that they did the intro video in one part of it, which is such a silly thing. But Jenny tried sense. to Jenny tried to skip it. Yeah, she always liked skipping the intro on Netflix. It's a really short it's intro too, which blasphemy. is really kind of weird. But that's <laughs> it's one of the best parts of the show is the intro. How can you skip the intro? What are we doing here? But um, some of the actors that they got to play the kids throughout the uh is one of the better parts of the house because and neither live actors standing there yes not like on a video correct um what's interesting about those kid actors is they're not kid actors those mm -hmm. that they all are over 18 and they just did them up with makeup and and sort of i still can't believe that like the the one yeah (laughs) the the one girl who was playing 11 cannot be over 18 she was. They all. They all were. It's, it's, <laughs> I asked her. It's mind blowing. No, I. I a lot, Don, a you lot over eighteen? Over eighteen? She said yes. I bought it. <laughs> Come on. Um, but no, one of those girls uh, actually came in. Fun fact: the one of the eleven actresses came in from Washington State just to play her in this event. Like they put the call out for for. Um, 18-year-olds who are four foot Maybe six. Maybe that's why you short got hair. confused, uh, Kenny. You're like, are you 18? And she's like, no, I'm 11. <laughs> oh, boy. See, that's oh. why I'm on this episode, oh. even though I didn't go. So you can bring in this fantastic humor. I, I'm i curious because it, it took, it's been a, a couple of years now, Stranger Things, and um, myself and Nick both watched it, I think, right away, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but it took you a while to, to get into the show, and I finally got you to watch it to go to the event what were your thoughts on the show as a whole uh i thought the first season was pretty much just delightful um it it was which i feel like that means that exceeded your expectations a little Mm -hmm. bit just because i know you were not looking forward to it um 
Not necessarily. Whatever, but like when we were seeing the trailers and whatnot, mm-hmm. you were just like, well, that looks bad, which I could understand. Which is also impressive because it was talked up so much. I thought for sure you were going to go into it and be like kind of let down because it had been hyped up by everybody and their mother. Yeah, the nice thing about Stranger Things is it has uh, it has really good actual actors, but they also found a way to have both good child actors and the actors who aren't necessarily like great child actors are put into roles where they can succeed in, um, in in a show that is so much based around child actors. That's like a perfect example would be something like home alone, which Macaulay Culkin is not a great actor. Wasn't a great child actor. Okay. But he was put into a situation where he as a person could succeed, even though he has flaws in it, where, People throughout uh, Stranger Things uh, just do that, and it and when you add that in with the amazing <laughs> music that goes throughout, the wonderful camera work, uh, even for a Netflix show, the great sound design throughout it, um, it, it all just kind of works well together, and um, the, it just it just had a very engaging um, story structure. And also, too, um, really benefited by only being eight episodes. Yeah. Because we I don't I, – I, I didn't need that story to be 18 episodes or something like that. Um, and it wasn't. And you know what? That's what it should have been. So, yeah. I will say really quickly, one thing I love about Stranger Things, and I'm not that big on it. Like, I think it's fine or whatever. But – that I can watch it with my mom because she loves it, mm-hmm. which is like about the only horror thing she'll watch, which obviously is not that scary, but to her it is, so it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, it's a very generational show. Well, Stranger Things hits uh, such a wide spectrum of fans. Anyone from kids to teens to middle age to older yeah. older ages, um, and that's a big part of why Halloween Horror Nights slammed this year because – it's it's hitting all the demographics. It's something mm-hmm. everybody's interested in, and so that's it's just it's doing huge numbers at the gate for Universal. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a great show. I love Stranger Things, and I honestly I can't wait to get to season two. I haven't watched it myself yet either. Whoa! And holding off, waiting until uh, after the event's over. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that's interesting about Stranger Things is that it it really falls right into actually what a lot of Universal Studios used to be like that feel of a lot of the rides that they had when it first opened. I mean, a lot of the early attractions are inspired by properties that Steven Spielberg was behind in some way, which, I mean, this, this even though he's not involved in Stranger Things, they kind of... He may as well be. I it's mean... so inspired from the 80s and... The early... E.T. And <laughs> yeah, the, it was, E.T. is the obvious connection, but a lot of other just early kind of... <clears throat> Just very much the Amblin sure. inter- entertainment yes. uh, product of well the 2010s, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a great little show, and I mean, obviously, it's a big show, but it's it's a great show that you honestly could binge watch and not be a crazy person. Uh, and at the same time, uh, the attraction was just fun to go through. I mean, it wasn't super scary, but it was fun to see all of these. Uh, little moments from the show um, and there are some parts that were done really well uh, unfortunately the Demogorgon was at every fucking turn which was a little sure. bizarre sure. Uh, but at the same time I mean you gotta try to be a haunted house there are some liberties in a haunted house you have to take you yeah, can't be sure. a, you know you can't be a movie scene for scene you, you do have to hit um, 
certain things in a haunted house. Um, but fortunately, I thought they hit all the beats that I wanted them to hit from the show. Mm-hmm. Were pretty much in the haunted house, and you touched on the the uh, the score, the soundtrack for Stranger Things, and it was just beautifully <clears throat> executed in the haunted house. I mm-hmm. thought going into the upside down. Oh my god. That that goddamn music going into the upside down and the scenes in the house. And just, oh. That's what I was going to ask was if any of the rooms were like the upside down. Mm-hmm. And if so, just curious. Because I feel like in any other scene, there's like an arc to that. But whereas that scene, like what would happen in the upside down room? Like was it mostly just... just sort of explore the imagery from the show. <laughs> yeah, cool. I actually think it probably could have been done better. <laughs> But there at the same could have time, been a little bit more upside down. I thought um, but they, didn't, they didn't have any kind of like snow effect, which is weird. Was, there? was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we were also drinking heavily. That <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to get into that. That's another part of Halloween Horror Nights well, that makes it very successful. Really quickly about Stranger Things is that I would say season two has a lot more of the upside down. Nice. Mm. So there's a lot more to pull from from that second season. So maybe because they were... They're adhe- saving that for next year. I was going to say, maybe because they were adhering to that, they were just doing a very It'll basic... It'll be back next year. <laughs> Season yeah. two will be there. And- I mean, with all the money they're just, yeah. just throwing in the truck and taking yeah. to the bank. Uh, yeah. Fun fact uh, about Steven Spielberg. I don't know Did you? I don't know if you know this about him with Universal Studios in general, but because he's got such a stake in that park, um, like the E.T. ride that's there that he will not let them close, he actually does have a say... In, in some of what happens at that park. Uh, I believe he invested in that park when it opened. And so for that, he actually gets a percentage of every ticket sold to Universal Studios. Good and, for him. And Halloween Horror Nights. I'm sure he needs it. So every every guest that walks through that gate, he gets a percentage of it. I forget that what the number is. makes me feel like I don't want to go back. It's actually, I believe, has been over a billion or two billion dollars he's made just Great. from that stake in universal makes Studios. me feel that much worse that's fucking crazy yeah but i just thought that was a fun fact so. great <laughs> so just an fyi uh nick is going to uh make he's gonna make like a leaf an exit and leave bye yeah <laughs> so he was able to join us for the beginning part of uh, the episode and uh wanted to talk about stranger things a little bit with us and uh, now he's uh making his way out to uh bigger and better things <laughs> so uh as far as the rest of the properties go i mean i guess we can just go through them first i mean you already mentioned poltergeist mm-hmm. which is i mean that was just awesome the, the haunted house, even though I may have had a little bit of uh, alcohol before we went in that house. <laughs> yeah, because we went in that house late in the night. We did. Yeah. And I remember more about that house than some of the others as I had uh, stopped drinking a little bit before we went in that house, which is probably a good thing. But at the same time, uh, it is definitely the best haunted house that they have. Yeah. And I, I'm just so happy that it turned out as well as it did because a couple of the other houses that they had were not disappointing necessarily, but they just did not live up to exactly what I wanted them to be, even though they still were, you know, fun while we were going through them, especially as you already mentioned with alcohol uh, being involved, you know, you're at least like able to enjoy the moment, even if it's not like a great haunted house. Sure. Um, But the poltergeist house was just awesome and so well put together. And, I think it really does help that I had just seen the movie for the first time and liked it as much as I did, even though I don't love Poltergeist. Uh, I still think that a lot of the best parts of it were 
in the house, and, and it had just a great feel to it. And it You was, son of a bitch! You moved the headstones, you didn't move the graves! Yeah. What the fuck is going on? And I love that you went to the haunted house, and that's the first thing you're slapped with, is the, the pool scene from the backyard, <laughs> and uh, not actually... Craig T. Nelson, but definitely a, a voice actor supposed to be Craig Nelson yelling, you son of a bitch, you, you only move the headstones. Yeah. I, I, it's just sort of, uh, they, they... Like they know what the best parts of the movie sure, are. Sure, so. but I guess what's, what's odd is like, they have to be so careful and walk such a fine line with, with that event of like, you know, they can't go too over the top with things like language, but the you know, swearing in haunted houses is, is it's always been there with horror nights. They don't get too nutty with it, but like just to walk right into the haunted house and be slapped with a guy yelling, You son of a bitch is just yeah. sort of like, Wow, all right. Well they're how you do coming it. out of the gate strong with this one. But uh no, it's uh I'm with you. I just saw Poltergeist as well. half the fun of Halloween Horror Nights is is the lead up to the event and mm-hmm. and doing homework as I refer to it as <laughs> and and watching all the movies. Um, it's fun to watch the ones I've never seen before. It's mm. fun to catch back up on the ones that I have seen or uh, you know just would like to catch back up on. Yeah. And Poltergeist was a new one for me, and so it was delightful. And um, I, I feel like of all the films this year that I had not previously watched, this one was the gem for sure. It's got such a sort of like warm, friendly sort of 80s vibe to it that you get out of something like... I was going to say, the neighborhood feels a little bit like from the Tom Hanks movie, The Burbs. Okay. Like, it it has that 80s kind of everything is awesome thing going on. Um, And actually, it really never loses that throughout the film, even though they obviously get involved with the poltergeist and they have the... You know, basically stand-ins for like the investigative ghost people come in, uh, which are pretty prevalent in movies. And I mean, not as much as like an exorcism person or somebody like that, as those movies are just so tired. But uh, in Poltergeist, it just has a very good flow to it. But also, too, it is one of the few horror movies I've seen that really hits all of the right notes with horror comedy because a lot of horror movies are funny without trying to be funny Mm -hmm. um and a lot of horror movies that are comedic uh it falls flat Mm -hmm. and with poltergeist all of the things that were intentionally and unintentionally funny all for the most part worked and it was great yeah well it's just a very well written movie first Mm -hmm. and foremost if you pulled the horror elements out of poltergeist like it's just just a quality, well-done movie. Um, it was directed by Toby Hooper, who did... Sort of. Well, no, it... There was a lot of Spielberg involved with it up front, and mm. then he had to pull away because he had obligations to E.T. Which, over time, it's basically come out that he, for the most sure. part, directed it. Sure, and yeah, yeah, okay, so that's what so, you're I saying. So, I mean, I'm of, not yes. saying that he, he didn't have any involvement in it. Sure. I'm just saying that Spielberg had even more hands-on with the film than was right. let on. Yeah, and Toby Hooper being the one who did the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the elements were there for, for the horror side of it, but I just think the fact that it was, I believe it was written by Spielberg, uh, or at least the Could screenplay be. was, or... Anyway, however, whatever the case is, like it's just a well done movie. It's 
and especially now being so many years removed from when it was originally released, I mean, a lot of the things that happen in it are quite silly. Um, and I actually think it, it is aged very well for being the kind of horror movie it is. Like you could see other movies from that time period. A movie I just mentioned like the burbs, uh, which is not a horror movie, but it is stupid. Now if you watch it and I mean, you could have fun with it when you watch it, Sure. but something like poltergeist is really awesome because the silliness of it has just aged into being more intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just works really well with, I mean, everything with like the clown, mm-hmm. um, the spinning bed the yeah. clown is on, the tree that grabs the kid. Which the tree animatronic in the house was fucking incredible. <laughs> it's huge. And it moved. Yeah. And when you walk through the kitchen of the house, the steak on the counter moved. Mm. I don't know how they do that, but there's some sort of trickery to that. But it was just yeah. really cool to walk into the kitchen and all of a sudden the steak's moving. Um, but the the movie itself, the individual performances, I think, is what... It's just the the story was great. The acting was great. The little girl that played Carol Ann is just fucking incredible. And she... she uh, I've seen the second one, and she's great in that. And part of what makes the second movie as good i believe is the first one is they kept the whole cast intact so the same family is all there and it's just a a nice continuation um but man i i I love this movie it's a really good movie it is and it turned into a really good haunted house now when we were talking about uh our thoughts on how the houses were going to be before we went uh i'm sure i'm not the only person who's thought this but the fact that poltergeist basically all takes place in a house uh, really lended itself to be ahead of the game when it comes to making a haunted house, I think. I I was hesitant on it at yeah. first, to be honest, only because I didn't know. Uh, sometimes that's uh, a bit of a, uh, a hindrance for, hmm. for a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights where they don't have a lot of other content to work with. You don't want to recreate the entire house from the movie room by room. That'd be kind of boring, sure. if you will. Or even in the case of a couple of years ago with The Exorcist, I really was concerned about seeing The Exorcist uh, recreated as a house because I thought, well, this whole fucking movie was in one room. Well, they took creative liberties with it, and the way that they sure. told that story in that haunted house was... I'm interested. We've never really talked about it. Did they have anything with the, uh, the uh, girl walking backwards upstairs some way or not? yeah they did they had a a, a staircase um with reagan at first it was an animatronic but mm-hmm. then it broke <laughs> and oh. uh then it was just a static figure coming down the stairs okay um so that was not the most impressive okay. portion of that it was a, it was a big letdown uh but in hindsight i don't know how they really could have executed that very well uh I mean, get one of those actors from uh, Six Flags who were (laughs) bent over and just completely... That was... For eight hours of the night? No problem. Dude, I don't know. That that person who was like that at that haunted house at Six Flags was freaking me out. I know you felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, some of these scare actors that uh, perform at these events are are talented as hell, to say the least, um, in in ways that you would not believe. But, um, no, I... I I had hope for Poltergeist as a house because they've executed so well on classic film properties in the past. Um, one of my favorite movies ever uh, became one of my favorite houses ever last year with The Shining. Ah. And they executed that at such a high level. 
that I was that's what was giving me confidence with Poltergeist and you and and many 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 other people have spoken this year it's it's most people's favorite house this year from the event mm-hmm. and it's one of the strongest I've seen I would maybe even go as far as to say it's the best intellectual property I've seen in a house Could it's, be. Not, it's not the best house I've seen at the event but mm-hmm. as far as a a house based on a property it's probably the best I've seen yeah so so uh, before we uh, go on to talking about the other uh, two major properties, and then we'll hit on Bloom House a little bit because uh, <laughs> their house was not so great. Uh, before we get to that, talk a, talk a little more about some of the other things that happen around Halloween Horror Nights other than just the haunted houses. Okay. Uh, the drinking is part of the event for most people. Big, big part. I mean... It's it, what makes the event tolerable for some people. <laughs> Uh, All the it, significant others that Nick was wondering about. Yes. They get and, dragged along. Yeah, And uh, it's hard because you had said that going there for one night only is not the best way to play it. And although I would definitely be in agreement after going, I will say uh, we only really had the one night. We, Myself and Emily didn't want to take any days off work. So we only had the one night that we were going to be going to the event. Uh, and me, who's heard every single year from Kenny that drinking is such a big part of Halloween Horror Nights, I decided early on when we booked it that I was going to make the night count. Uh, so I did lots of drinking in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, and Universal had no problem obliging me with that as... If you have an ID and money or a credit card, they will give you any alcohol you want. They've got a blinky cup with your name on it. Absolutely. An absolute Halloween Horror Night tradition, the blinky cups. The other thing is, too, it's not like they're serving Miller Lite and everything. They've got, like, some really, really really, potent potent IPAs (laughs) on draft. Yeah. Uh, Like, they are trying to get people drunk at their event. uh, Yeah, well, they've got bars that that will sell you mixed drinks. They they sell hard liquor during the event. Uh, If you want to go into Finnegan's and and get shots, you can do shots. Uh, But the temporary pop-up bars that they put around the park... They've they've this year they have expanded way beyond what they've ever done with their beer selection. And after partaking in many drinks over the night, I believe both of us were finished off, uh, rightfully so, by a beer called the Hopsecutioner. Uh, <laughs> was definitely the cap on the night. Um, well, uh, first of all, we were assholes and sent the ladies to go get in line for food. Because, pizza fries. Yes, because we are <laughs> terrible human beings. <laughs> Um, I'm sure the discussion went some like, why don't you guys go get fur and we'll get beer and sit. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> they were in, in line for that. And we then got the Hopsecutioner, the double IPA, followed by just stuffing our faces with pizza fries. <laughs> um, and that beer just, I mean, I know you didn't finish yours. No. Like it, it was, a, it was bad. It's criminal to pour out beer beer in general but a ten dollar beer um that i was in a sad state at that point where it was like i was faced with well we have about three hours of this event left that we just paid way too much money to be at in the first place uh i if i finish this beer i will effectively ruin the rest of my night and possibly (laughs) the big day we had planned for the next day uh so yes i um they they loaded us up with so much liquor and so much beer and so much junk food that I effectively poured out more than half of my hop executioner, which is a beer that I love. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're not careful with Halloween Horror Nights, uh, you can overdo it. Um, 
you, you need to come in and, and, and practice caution. And I am a seasoned veteran at this event. I should have known better. Ah, uh, we were um, all having a good time. We were. We were. Um, <laughs> but yes. Well, you also knew you were coming back. So sure, sure. that was good for you. Yeah. For me, um, a yeah. lot of the houses just kind of Became ran together. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and, and, that's and, actually a thing. That is the Halloween Horror Nights blur uh, yep. we all do experience. But yeah, you, you overdid it in the one night you had. And, sure. Uh, that's fine. Which... which um, the good thing is, is that I remember a lot about the poltergeist house. And again, it was nice that that was a little bit later. So I had time to like have some brain cells regenerate. So sure, sure. I could remember a few things about now, it. Now, do you remember any of the house we did after the hopsecutioners trick or treat? Uh, I remember very little of it and <laughs> we'll go into talking about that. Sure. Uh, trick or treat was a film that I had never seen. Okay. Like most of the things that we talked the about. Michael Doherty film. Yeah. Uh, same guy who did Krampus, which you've also never seen. I have never seen Krampus. That's uh, coming this Christmas. I will be making you watch Krampus. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Nice. I was almost resigned the other day because I was telling Toussaint that, Unfortunately, I've started to get more into horror movies as <laughs> you and Nick have basically just beat me into submission. Just so. forced our will on you. with, with Pretty much. <laughs> because you came in and, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, like you were not the excessive horror fan that you are now when we started doing Film Tank back in 2015. It's always been there, but it's become, the extent, a, it's become no. a thing over the last five years. Yeah. It's really become and a thing. Yeah. Now, Nick has joined on with that, and he's just like, ooh, I'm excited. I found another shitty horror movie on Shudder. And um, <laughs> it is... Oh, God. Uh, speaking of Shudder, um, yeah. uh, they bought the exclusive streaming rights for Mandy, the movie I was telling you about that I we saw reviewed that. on. They literally just had it on. Um, I was looking at it last night. It's listed on there as coming soon, yeah. which is frustrating because I've been wanting to watch it. And that's, yeah, uh, but I'm sure uh, since they bought the rights to it, I'm sure it'll be on there yeah. probably at the beginning of November. They also have exclusive rights to a new show I've been watching called Channel Zero, which is fucking incredible. It's a hmm. sci-fi exclusive, but uh, they've got the exclusive streaming rights to it. Really good show. Probably really. never watch it. But Probably not, but it's really good for anybody listening. Good recommendation for anyone who's into horror. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I am like not in the neighborhood of getting a subscription to Shutter, but... It's cheap. I've actually thought about it for like a second, which is way more than I ever thought I would. use my login or something? <laughs> just try it out for a little while? Probably. Thanks for putting that on the internet. That's great. <laughs> just use my login. It's fine. Uh, so, trick or treat. Um, yeah. There is one part of the Trick or Treat film that I absolutely loved, and actually the rest of the film I thought was just not that great. Sure. Um, but the part with the kids who pretty much everybody agrees are all psychopaths, uh, the they're on a special bus, uh, they're in handcuffs on the bus. Well, they're mentally handicapped kids, so they're not, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're just insane I it's mean, the, parents of the, the kids film that... says that the society treats them as if they are guilty. Right, right, right. But it's more or less a take on the parents and the society around the kids that were driven crazy 
They're, th- everybody in the it movie... It isn't, it isn't. Like, it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street, it's, where it's like, the parents burned this fucking guy alive, and now they are the ones who are going to fuck no, their kids it's, over. It, it's, it was a take on how fucked up the parents are, because they're burdened, as the movie said, quotes, burdened by these kids, these mm-hmm. monsters that they called them. Hmm. They're, they're, they're mentally handicapped kids, and the parents effectively were sick and tired of dealing with it, and but they the paid f- this guy off to drive the school bus full of them into a quarry. But the film... The film makes it seem like everyone was on board that these kids were all soon to be murderers. I mean, sure. Uh, I, at, at, at any rate, I mean, yeah, it, it's, right. it's it's it it is pretty much up for interpretation sure. for anybody who's watching the movie. Um, but that part was by far my favorite part of the film, just because I was intrigued by this idea that somebody would handcuff these children. Uh, in a bus, and the fact that uh, the driver would stop the bus and hand out candy to them before <laughs> trying to drive them off a cliff, I thought was very bizarre and also quite intriguing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have everything that happens with them years later, uh, once the kids from the other part of the story join in on on what's happened to these kids and yeah. the bus and everything. Um that was the part that I was really excited about for the house, and I do remember that part of the house. Everything else about it, sure. no memory of it. The house itself is not great yeah. by any means, unfortunately, but it's beautifully executed as mm. far as the imagery and the scenes that they that they did recreate from the movie. And um, as I mentioned before, there were there's scare zones throughout the event, and last year Trick or Treat was involved with Halloween Horror Nights as one of the scare zones, and it was... Um, pretty much a runaway winner as far as popularity goes people loved it as a scare zone um and so this year they made it into a house and it's getting a lot of the same reaction that the scare zone got where it's not necessarily scary but it's it's beautiful it's gorgeous to look at yeah um I I was excited about that. I I love this movie. I love Trick or Treat. I know I like it um considerably more than than you do as a as a film yeah um but I was really excited that there was so much to work with. Um, if you've not seen the movie, it's an, it's an anthology. It's film. an anthology yeah. film, and there's five storylines, I believe, or four storylines that run throughout it. Yeah, I mean, there's three major ones that are kind of happening throughout the storyline. Mm. But yeah, the the story with the witches is a mm-hmm. major storyline. And you got uh, the kids. Yeah, the, everything with involving the kids. You got the principal, who's a psychopath for sure. Yes, uh, but that's. See a lot of those storylines kind of bleed together and become one. Yeah, but and then there's the uh, the main storyline with what's his name Sam. The, the, yeah, the yeah, he's, icon. He's the from, icon of yep. it, um, and he's the main thread through the movie. And and he's Sam, on my t-shirt. Sam Sam is on your t-shirt. <laughs> I love that you're wearing your Horror Nights t-shirt. I am. I mean, I was the, excited to do this. The focal episode. point is absolutely eleven because they know where their bread's. Buttered. I mean, come on now. You got yeah. eleven, and you have the Demogorgon, Demogorgon pretty much right it. above her with his. <laughs> Uh, with his non-existent face wide open. <laughs> yeah, it's a great shirt. It is. Um, but, Pardon yeah, me. no, Sam, I think, is a, a great character in general. And so it's it was it was fun and exciting to have Sam back at the event after last year, and I was excited to see him in a house. Unfortunately, sort of like you mentioned with the Demogorgon and the, and the Stranger Things house, they sort of abused Sam like he was sort of all over the place. He's everywhere. Um, and... Not enough of the the evil Sam at the end when he takes his uh, bag off his head and it's just this horrible 
pumpkin face. Uh, <laughs> there was not enough of that, Sam. Which, unfortunately, I mean, that's just financially sure. responsible. Yeah, <laughs> well, the makeup crew for Horror Nights is pretty good. They can they can pull that They up. are, but, um, boy, you save a lot of money by just putting a bag over yeah, somebody's head. I suppose, but... Uh, <laughs> I was happy that the bus was in the house. They actually had the bus in there. Um, I thought the scene was very well executed when you're at the, the bottom of the quarry after the bus has crashed. Hmm. Um, everything that I wanted to see from the movie made it to the house. Yeah. Uh, so it was satisfying in that way, but it it just wasn't a, a scary house. And that's the interesting thing about having 10 haunted houses at an event. They can't all be the best. Right. So there's going to be different varying degrees of how they execute and all that. And Right. I mean, if you stuck the house for trick-or-treat at Six Flags Great America, it would be by far the yeah. best thing you saw there. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and, and there are different tones like movies. There are different tones that they set in these houses. And some of them you just need to sort of step back and realize, like, oh, it wasn't really meant to be scary, but as an attraction, by and large, like, it was great. You know, it's a it's a good haunted house um, attraction, but it's not really a, a very scary haunted house. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it, um, but not as much as I enjoy the movie. And that is very fair. Uh, sure. I remember very little about the haunted house, <laughs> so I have nothing to bring to this. Uh, another house that extremely abused its icon was Ooh. the Halloween 4 house. <laughs> oh, boy. Which, I mean, unfortunately, uh, Mike Myers is... Re- Michael Myers, whatever you want to call him, uh, is the only thing keeping the Halloween series going, sure. as is the same with Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Sure. The icon is what keeps people interested in coming back because they have a personality even if they don't talk. Um, and they're the most interesting character of this franchise. Uh, and it seemed like they were pretty resigned to that with Halloween for the Haunted House because all I remember is that Michael Myers was seriously, they pretty much just could have had a house that was empty with just a bunch of him running around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got Michael Myers and you have the Halloween score, the music. And that's basically, if you're as into the franchise as as a lot of people are, myself mm-hmm. included, um, it's fine. Like, just having Michael Myers involved in your event is, is a win to begin with. Uh, the detriment I felt to this house, the movie, say what you want about it, um, didn't really translate to this house very well. I no. mean, they recreated some of it. I mean, some of the scenes were there. It's fine. It seemed but... like Universal wanted to have Michael Myers at this event. Sure. Uh, and and Halloween 4 is not a great film. I enjoy mm-hmm. it definitely more than I think a lot of people do. But um, let's be honest. The first one is an all-time classic. Uh, the second one... Uh, not as popular, but at least most people can agree is still good. And the series went off the rails in the third one. Sure. Because it didn't have Michael Myers, which obviously was a mistake. Tried to rein it back in with the fourth one, right. uh, which was just sort of a loose retelling of the first one. And then, and then <laughs> I mean, it, it, it continues on, and yeah. then you get H2O yeah. and the zombie films and all the other sequels that come before that. And yeah. um, and we're going to be talking about Halloween. And actually, Kenny's going to be nice enough to join us again. His third episode in October of this year, Ooh. which is amazing. Yeah. Which these will probably be released sometime around Christmas. So that'll be great. <laughs> um, but 
Kenny obviously loves horror films and is very excited for the new Halloween film. Uh, and we're going to have fun talking about it on the episode with myself, he, and uh, Nick, since Tucson won't be able to join us for that one either. But, you know, the Halloween series is very bizarre to me because unlike something like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th, there's been almost no growth throughout the entire series. Like, it seems like they've been on that same beat since the first film. Um and even though there's been some changes along the way, uh, the only really reason is because people haven't wanted to come back for the later films. At least that's my reading of it. And I haven't seen all of them, so I'm, I guess I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking on my ass a little bit. But at the same time, um, the storyline has really been the same ever since the first film. Even yeah. in the zombie films, it's really even though he takes a, he has a different take on it. The first zombie Halloween remake is really close to what the first film is, even it, though it takes liberties about it. It's very close. It goes a lot more into sort of uh, detailing him as a character. It mm-hmm. gives a lot more backstory to his upbringing and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, it ju- it's just a lot more backstory, but then follows, like you said, very closely. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, at least three, maybe four specific moments use exact dialogue like they recreate scenes almost exactly no i mean it it is very similar to the original halloween now zombies number two goes haywire uh, which zombies number two is fantastic no it's it's a good movie and And a a lot of people hate it and they are wrong but that's okay and we when we reviewed the first we did we did an episode on the uh original halloween and the zombie halloween on the same episode we didn't talk the second one we did not okay yeah, we recently rewatched the the. the we did before we went before and we saw went to the zombie. Rob Zombie concert. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so that that was. Fun. I, I uh, love the second Rob yeah. Zombie Halloween film. No, look, don't get me wrong. I'll, uh, a lot of people dislike the zombie versions of Halloween. I I quite enjoy them, not as much as the originals, but um, I definitely enjoy them. Uh, they're they're a, just enough of a departure to make it feel like it's a worthy remake. Like if you're going to remake it, you might as well bring something new to the table. And he did. And for he sure. did. So. Especially in the second. Sure. Hmm? Um, but getting back to um, Halloween four, um, Halloween four, there's, there's a lot of good there. It felt almost like a desperate attempt at reining the franchise back in. As you mentioned, they got really off the rails with the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was sort of the attempt to, to zero it back in. Um, that said, some of the kills in Halloween 4 are just... Oh, sure. Oh, God. When he uh, when he gets a hold of the paramedic in the ambulance and sticks his thumb in the guy's forehead, <laughs> just fucking incredible. And then the time when he sticks, uh, I think her name's Kelly, mm-hmm. fucking takes his shotgun and just shoves it right through her and sticks her to the wall with the shotgun. <laughs> oh, man. Unfortunately, that's like a prerequisite now for any horror film. Sure. That you're, sure. If, especially a property that is completely based around an icon. Yeah. Like, they have got to have amazing kills, and if they don't, it's a disappointment. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for this house, uh, getting back to the event, I did not get a chance to see, um, in 2014, they did the first Halloween, and I believe that was voted House of the Year that year. People loved it and and hold that in a very high regard. Mm -hmm. I did get to see when they did Hell Comes, or uh, whatever the second one was called, Hell Comes Back to Haddonfield or some shit. Uh, I did get to see in in 2016 the Halloween 2 house, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Um, that's what hurts this one. 
is that the first two were such beloved houses at the event. Mm -hmm. This one's just kind of an average. Well, the other thing about this one is it feels like this one was kind of just like, we just want to have Michael Myers, and that's the reason why we have this here, and whatever. Yeah. We'll find a property that has him. Sure. Right. And it's very odd that in a year where the um, reboot of the franchise, if you will, with the new... Uh, 2018 Halloween coming out that they didn't go with that. But the overarching theme of the event this year was the 80s. And so I think part of that played into they wanted a Halloween film from the 80s. And this sort of stayed in line, in order. Which is interesting because, you know, the Halloween Horror Nights event has previously had, as horror movies do, had icons throughout their event. Uh, And this year, they didn't have one, um, which you said has has kind of been a thing recently. The last couple... They they come and go. They've Mm -hmm. had icons over the years, and then they'll go through a couple years where they don't. And then they brought them back in 2015, the first year that I went. uh, 15 and 6... or Sorry, 25 and 26 had icons. And then last year, there was not. This year, there's not, so... Well, but and, and I mean, you don't necessarily need to have one. Obviously, um, Stranger Things is more or less the icon. Oh, this year. sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're we're coming to a close here, and we didn't really talk about the original houses, sure. uh, and we probably won't that, talk no, much about fine. them. Yeah, but um, some of the original houses were actually very fun here, and it's a credit yeah. to the people who do Halloween Horror Nights as obviously the draw for people who are coming to the event are the names. Mm-hmm. I mean, the t-shirt doesn't have any characters from the original houses. No, like sure. the, the draw is the property stranger things and the properties sell tickets. Yeah, absolutely. That's what brings the people in fan, like the hardcore fans love the original stuff. And even people, I'm not going to short no. sell anybody. I'm sure a lot of people come to the event for properties and then end up loving some of the original houses, which, which I did. And I'm, I'm no, you did at the yeah. same time, but, but for the, common person who's not obsessed with Halloween or mm-hmm. horror movies or universal Halloween horror nights. I mean, they're coming because of the properties. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for the most part, overall, I thought the original houses were actually really well put yeah. together. They're always my favorite. Um, and it, it, without fail, every year I've been, uh, original property houses have come away my favorites and by and large each year, that's what I look forward to the most. But as I mentioned up top in the episode, what keeps me coming back to this event? I can see original houses anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I love them here, but the properties and how well they're executed is what keeps me coming back to Horror Nights. And I guess we'll close with uh, the last property that was there, which was Bloom House. <laughs> uh, and their oh, bizarre boy. house that included Happy Death Day. And, and, the, and the first purge. The first purge, uh, which came out earlier this year. Um, this house just missed a lot of marks yeah mainly because uh these combination haunted houses uh there's a way it could have been done and it could have been great and they chose to not even care about that and just say here's two things in one house and we're just gonna put them together and it makes no sense and if when you're in a haunted house and you're trying to just enjoy the moment when you're in it um if you have two things that are separate and have nothing to do with each other, it completely kills the vibe for me. Well, yes, I can see that for sure. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. This was not a, a very good house by any means. Uh, a, a little bit of quick backstory. Last year was the first time there was a partnership with Halloween Horror Nights and Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And last year um, they had Blumhouse Volume 1. Um it was the the purge was involved the the insidious final chapter mm-hmm. was 
was soon to come out. It was basically a, like a live preview of the movie. Hmm. Uh, and then I forget what the third part of it was, but that house was actually pretty well executed. Um, this year, fast forward, they kept that partnership going, and it was chapter two of Blumhouse, and they brought in these two things, and it just felt very odd. It just didn't feel well executed. Happy Death Day, uh, we watched that also for the first yeah. time together. Um, the movie was decent. Like, the movie was pretty solid. There's so much you could have done with the movie, though. Sure. And sure. they did nothing with it in the house, which really took away from it. Yeah. It, yeah. There's not much really to say about it. We're not, we I don't know, need I to mean, spend a lot of time I, on it. I only it, want to mention it because it was an actual property yeah, that was there. Yeah, sure. But it was uh, disappointing, to say the least. And it's odd because, again, with Halloween, Halloween's a Blumhouse movie, the new one, right? I think Blumhouse is producing the new one. I don't think so. No? No. Huh. I'll find yeah, out, but I, I, don't, sure. I, I don't think so. We'll see. Uh, well... I see you're looking it up. On oh, the that's uh, well, all we do on the show. Is... Um, while you're looking that up, I will also briefly mention before we end the episode, uh, because there's not much more to say about the Blumhouse house at the event. Uh, there were two. This is one of not the first time, but one of the first times at the event that they brought intellectual properties. You are correct, by the way. Okay. Blumhouse is involved in this, although sure. Miramax is the main company. Sure, I thought so. And I thought that was kind of odd that uh, Blumhouse wasn't just... I'm surprised they didn't just strong arm the event and and feature the new Halloween as a house for the event instead of Halloween four. But there's there look there are so many back uh, channel uh, workings with with the properties and the event and how all that works. It's it's a very convoluted mess. Yeah. Um, but as I was pointing out, the uh, last thing I do want to mention, um, they don't normally bring properties in for the scare zones obviously they did last year with trick-or-treat they've mm-hmm. done it before they've had the walking dead as a scare zone before uh it's happened but this year um two of the scare zones were properties and one of them you mentioned at the top of the show was chucky uh was pretty underwhelming I've, yeah i've heard mixed things about how it's improved or stayed the same um, I felt like Chucky was actually the weak point of the scare zone. I would agree. And all of the different toys featured throughout the franchise. Yeah, they were fun. Were it, fun. it was like you got to the Chucky thing, and I was expecting it to be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it, and wasn't. it was a it was big very, very bland. Yeah. Uh, but that said, the other scare zone that's featuring a property this year, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> and uh, this is a property that uh, a lot of the creative team have been on record as saying this was like their white whale to get for the event mm. was to finally tie down that property and utilize mm. it. And it has been a smashing success with the fans. People fucking love Killer Clown Scare Zone. Mm. Those clowns are executed so well. I don't think you've seen the movie. No, right? no. I've not. I love the movie. I, this is another one that in doing my homework this year, I watched for the first time. Um the clown costumes are are spot on. They're great, uh, but if it works so well as a scare zone because you're not, they're not put in these parameters of being in a haunted house mm-hmm. where they have to recreate these scenes. It's just the characters out on the streets <laughs> and interacting and sort of improvising with the, the the visitors, and it's great. They do so many things from the movie um, that are they they've got sort of the script that they're kind of sticking to, but improvising at the same time and. It's just it's fantastic. The ice cream truck that you <laughs> see in the movie is there. Um, there's like a, a hand puppet thing that they're doing a projection of. If you look up 
top over the scare zone on the building. They're doing mm. like a projection of this hand puppet thing, and it's just incredible. There's one scene where uh, one of the clowns blows up a balloon and turns it into a dog, and mm. the dog is what follows the humans when they're trying to find them. Mm-hmm. And one of the clowns in the scare zone has a, a balloon dog that he walks around looking <laughs> for humans. It's fantastic. That's, the, uh, that's, that's pretty... I don't remember the, that. The cotton funny. candy cocoons are all there. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> if you're a fan of killer clowns, they're, they're, they're doing it justice in the scare zone. So yeah. that's been very fun. Well, overall, I think that uh, it was a really good time going to Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, I did enjoy a lot of the houses. And at the same time, I thought it was just, just fun to go through the events. So I'm, I'm glad we went and um, glad we were able to talk about glad it. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally got you to go. Uh, I, I thank you for going and indulging me with that. But also, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this episode. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah, it's been fun to chat about them and also the, the movies that uh, and other properties that uh, Absolutely. bring this whole thing together. So Next bonus episode, I'll introduce you to horror Christmas movies. Fuck. <laughs> pretty much resigned to it now at this point unfortunately thank you very much to uh, Kenny Marcellus for joining us today and uh, Nick Cheney for the abbreviated time he was on this episode I am Alex Diekman thank you very much oh Kenny's got something if I may really quick okay if if you do if you would like to hear more about the event itself Mm -hmm. a shameless plug here okay my my other podcast the grim grinning hosts we go way way further than you probably ever want Mm mm-hmm in detail about Halloween Horror Nights this year. And how do you find Grim Greening Hosts? You find it on iTunes or anywhere you find just any podcasts. Just by searching Grim Greening search Hosts? Grim Greening Hosts. You can okay. find us on Twitter, uh, GGH Podcast. Okay. Uh, that's where we pretty much do all of our stuff. So find us and give it a listen. Wonderful. Sorry I stepped in your dick there about that. Not a problem. <laughs> so from Kenny Marcellus and Nick Cheney, myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much, as always, for joining us here on Film Tank. We'll be catching up with you next time.